and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to The Schism. I'm joined as always by my co-host Adam. Hello everyone. And in today's episode we're carrying on from our previous episode, Dystopia. And flipping the script, that's right. In this episode we're going to be talking about Utopia. Where we're going to be using the power of our imaginations to envision a better, brighter future for humanity. And it's really not that hard everyone. (laughs) And it's not evil. Because utopia can lead to the same place as dystopia, really. Yeah, if you know, if we all saw Demolition Man. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And Brave New World. Yeah, and I don't want to walk around every day and get a ticket just for saying the word fuck. No, no, you'd be broke. Oh, I I wouldn't even make it to my first paycheck. But yeah, that's the trouble, I feel like, when, when people try to imagine, because that's what we're going to do today, like try and imagine a better world, a utopia, but I kind of feel like as soon as you go for trying to imagine a perfect world, you then go into the category of like wanting to control everything, and it gets all... Brave new world. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and eugenics come into it. and Yeah, because you want to you wanna help people, I mean... Well, you stop playing God. God, yeah. Who wouldn't want a population without any severe illnesses? You know, young children wouldn't suffer from spinal bifida and old people wouldn't get dementia and Mm. we could fix all this stuff. You start messing with God's creation. Mm. And then there's always trouble. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the transhumanists, like, they probably think that their dystopian world view, I, I kind of think they do see it as some kind of utopia like it's a better world we're going to build back better like they genuinely think oh the masses of humanity you know the plebs they're not capable of running their own lives we know what's best for everyone we will be at the top and we will control all of you Mm. our minions well if you think pete the transhumanist vision for a human future is humans and technology together when quite frankly i've never wanted my calculator sewn into my leg (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Into your forehead, you mean? <laughs> I don't even use it that much. What about a robotic penis? Might possibly still have one of those. <laughs> it, it comes up in the middle of the night for no fucking reasons, or someone's pushing a bloody button somewhere. <laughs> but I kind of see their view as like more anti human yeah. than anything else. You know, we're going to merge with robots. It's like, do you, do you hate humans or something? Yeah, what's wrong with humans? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're not just, you know, fine as we are. Like, And also as well, they kind of have to be, well, either satanic or not believe in God at all to think that they could mess with the divine and think that they're better than God because we can make improvements and merge man with machine and we're going to make a superhuman. And at the same time, they're like, well, is God here? We're the ones in the, the labs with the DNA work. We're the ones mapping the entire human genome. And we're the ones that are physically fixing all the problems. It's not God down here, sort of like, right, what you need to do is, you know, so they would almost see themselves as, well, we're godlike. We're fixing yeah. people. We are changing the future. And like you said, in steps, those very big shoes, which no human can feel. The creator is the one. I feel like Bill Gates maybe sees himself as some kind of like superhuman. Well, he definitely claims to have a doctorate in science, you know, of some sort. I mean, he claims to know a lot about the flu. 
So yeah, today we're not going to be trying to envision paradise necessarily, but a more utopian society than the one we've currently got. Or maybe you, you, utopia or utopian is, is the wrong words to be using. Just a better world, a fairer world, a kinder world. Yeah, a more equal world. More equal world. Yeah, you know, everything's just balanced. I think it was Mr Miyagi that said, Danielson, life is all about balance, <laughs> not just karate. Well, one of the people that we thought about straight away, I think we mentioned in the previous episode, was John Lennon as well, right? Mm. As well as Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, we, we actually wanted to use the sound for Imagine to start the episode, but it would actually cost a lot <laughs> instead of having our traditional schism sound. Yeah. On the subject of which, actually, the sound you do hear at the start of the schism, and the outro, is from my band. Realised I've never given it a plug before on the schism. But well, here's his moment. <laughs> if, if you like metal, rock, industrial, industrial you know, yeah. hardcore stuff, then give it a spin. Creeping with two eyes. It's on Spotify. There's that track and a whole lot more, so yeah. check it out. Yeah. Me singing. Someone, someone even messaged the schism actually saying, I knew you were a metalhead. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> well, maybe the earring... Silver earring with a cross going through it. Yeah, but a lot of people, they, they're listening to this, they still don't know what, what, what we look like. Head over to our Rumble channel if you, if we, you fancy here we, look. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we didn't, yeah. We didn't want to um, go straight in with the Lennon song and lose all our funding. We didn't want to go for Lennon or Michael Jackson, Heal the World. Heal the World. But it's quite funny, like, on the subject, like, people that do try and imagine a better world, like, like someone like John Lennon, he was called a hippie, and, yeah. oh, what's this guy all about, like, what, what's he banging on about? Whereas he actually said some pretty on-point things, like, when he's saying the world's run by maniacs, and, you know, he had a point, <laughs> probably why he ended up dead. Yeah, or MJ, like, Michael Jackson, when he was trying to preach some of the messages he was, like, people don't receive it very well. Anyone, I feel like, whether it's in the public arena or not, that tries to imagine a better world or says, like, why why are things the way they are, you know, like, gets branded either a hippie or a dreamer, or they will sort of see you as so arrogant that, oh, what, you, like, think that you could do better, do you? Yeah. Like, I think that also... I think John Lennon was also guilty of that because people looked at him, well, because he was a Beatle and well, yeah. you made lots of money and you were mega famous and everyone around the world knows your face. So, you know what I mean? That People will play on his, that's well, you're just arrogant. Who do you think you are? You're just one of the Beatles and now you want to, you know, tell us all how we should live. And, and then they probably say things like, well, you earn a lot of money, John, why don't you give all your money away? And It's always that. And response. heal the world. Yeah. I remember people were saying that about Russell Brand. Like, well, he's got loads of money, why don't you give it all to charity? you're like, charities are mostly a scam as well. <laughs> and plus, what the fuck good would that do? Do you know what I mean? Like, all right, I did it. You, you all said I should give all my money away. So I've, it would, I've done that now. It just turns their backs. Oh. oh. When's the next stand-up tour, Russell? Oh, well, I can't, I can't afford to put one on. Oh. Oh, well, I hope it went to charity. <laughs> yeah, like some, some people can have a Agent Smith-style reaction as well. Like if you start questioning how things are set up or like just questioning the system as a whole people be like oh what do you mean if you criticize money or something they're like well you can't live without money like all these kind of inbuilt responses quite violent reactions sometimes well we saw it during the pandemic didn't we what don't you believe in vaccines 
You yeah, know, right. you've had vaccines when you were a kid. They just massively oversimplify things. Or, or like, say, when Russell Brand um, commented on, it doesn't matter what party you vote for, mm. but the same agendas are pushed forward and stuff like that. That's another inbuilt reaction to people where they go, well, people died for your vote. And the Agent Smiths just take over because they can't bear for some, someone, anyone, to come along and say things are pretty messed up. And some of the th- like major problems that we have could be quite easy fixes. That's the thing. But, yeah, well, people don't like you pointing that one out. Well, hence the episode today. We joked about last episode, we had all this horrible stuff from all these places, all these sources, all this source material for, obviously, a horrible-looking future, which is kind of the path we're on at the moment, everyone, unfortunately. Dystopia. But this episode, we were joking that the only person we could find to reference anything from probably comedians like and people like Bill Hicks and stuff people who are not afraid to kind of go outside the box maybe well first thing we need to do is start finding all the bankers and, and we not let people off like you know someone loses a company billions of dollars and he walks out with a paycheck and you're like maybe you should be responsible for paying some of that money back well that's the you thing know? it's like say like with tax that's another thing if you complain about paying tax People go, well, you have to pay tax. Everyone has to pay tax. like, Or, or they kind of laugh at you being so kind of like like juvenile or naive or something. You've got a lot to learn. Like, that's just the way things are. Of course yeah. you've got to pay tax. Like, something you just got to grin and bear. It's like, yeah, okay, everyone pays tax. But what is our tax money being spent on? Mm-hmm. And we, we don't get any say in it. And look at the money being wasted. Like, hundreds of millions being spent at sent to Ukraine. What if I don't agree with that? It's like... I don't get a say. Well, I don't agree with a 300 or 250 million advertising bill for COVID. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Or like... To convince you, it is real. If you want to go into like the, the trillions of pounds, it's like all the money that's spent on nuclear arms and all the rest of it. Don't get any say. Also, I know for a fact that I have to pay tax, but the billionaires and the massive corporations, they will just get away with it. Straight away, that's just an obvious and important improvement to make isn't it like i just like we're, we're going to pass a law that now makes that illegal you can't do it and there's no loopholes you can't do some offshore thing now yeah, whatever if Islands. yeah if you're a multi-billion company or whatever you will pay tax doesn't matter who you are oh and lobbying to the government we're going to stop, stop that, that yeah we're going to make that illegal. no more christmas baskets for you you don't get your thousand mince pies arriving at your back garage <laughs> 60 bedroom mansion yeah, houses they just stop, stop it. it they just stop doing it the point is they can't because they're they're owned by the corporations because without their lobbying money they're fucked so they work for them so that's why they let them get away with it but say like the supermarkets one of the only things that were like left open during the pandemic so they were raking it in yeah that money doesn't stay in our country we know that they just like get away with Billions worth of tax because of lobbying. Well, make that illegal. Or I heard, like, I heard someone say they should wear their sponsors on their suits, like racing car drivers. Yeah. To be like Monsanto, like BlackRock, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and like, you could do that. Yeah. Or you could just make it illegal. But even that would be something if they if they had to be completely up upfront about it all, so you knew who they really worked for. I don't think there's enough room on Bill Gates to get all his <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> And he's not a very big guy. They have to be written really small. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if they were stitched onto him. <laughs> Into his flesh. But yeah, like, straight away, 
Like that's a an easy enough thing in principle to put forward. Like no one's even so. It's like when people go back and say, well, what does it matter if party A and party B get get in? It's the same outcome. It's like that's a good example because if neither party is saying that, then it is going to be more of the same. No one's ever saying that in the run up to these elections. No. It would almost take a mass amount of people to stop voting for there to be a huge overhaul in like something like the voting system and, and how government is run because people really have the real power. Obviously, you send a vote out and you think it counts for something. It doesn't. I'm pretty sure most elections are rigged anyway. You know, you, I mean, you look at the American elections. Uh, yeah, I mean, the last the election with Biden and Trump it was just a joke. Okay. I mean, the Trump rallies were like these huge rock concerts with like, I mean, you could hear the roar of the crowd mm. and it, it, you felt, you know, there was something in the air. The nation was behind him. Meanwhile, you were getting these Biden press conferences where it's like one man and a dog and like <laughs> him on stage. With, he's like barely standing then with like mask on like, and it's like, like you could hear the crickets. And then they're like, he won by a landslide. It's like, what? I swear I was at one of those places. There was tumbleweed rolling through the place. <laughs> he spent most of the election in the in the basement. But that's how up, up front they are about it now. Like, And again, there is some way around that. And also, it shouldn't just be the elections that people are voting for. If you had a truly integrated, democratic setup, you would be asking people on lots of things all the time. So you felt actually involved in it. Not just the odd thing like Brexit or something. You're like, my vote's going to really count this time. Like, I think it should go to a sort of town-to-town or county-to-county yeah. basis. And, and I think people... The sh- communities are actually involved in what goes on in, in their Well, I don't want to say... Like, I don't want to use the word mandatory because we've heard a lot of that word in the last three years. But... I'd like the idea that everyone would be obliged to go along in that town because you're a, the whole community is, is a one as a whole. Everyone matters. Everyone mm. has to feel part of the whole system, not, like you said, so far removed from voting from, like, say, a local level to, like, in America, like a state level, then, like, a federal level, a huge level, you know what I mean? It goes so far up and beyond. Yeah. Like you said, when you sign that ballot paper, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, and it's like once every election you go out and get to tick a box or something. It's, it's not. It's hardly you get inclusive, a... is it? People feel so disconnected from it. A lot of people, especially young people, they're just like, "What's the point?" Well, you get a pamphlet through the post, depending <laughs> on what area you live in, which will be like blue, yellow, or red, <laughs> and it'll just in about three paragraphs it should tell you what to do with your vote. Yeah. Same bollocks. Same bollocks. Same bollocks. bollocks. Three primary colours for you. What do you want? Red, yellow or blue? I mean, Bigger colour, any colour. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of laughable, isn't it? I mean, the more you think about it, and in most countries, it's just like, say in America, they don't really even have a third party. No, we're just lucky we don't have it like they do in Thailand, you know, with the yellows and the reds, because when they don't agree on something, they <laughs> kill each other. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of feel like a lot of people straight away will blame capitalism you start criticizing the world and stuff and they're like well it's all the fault of capitalism or the patriarchy or something Mm. like that and i'm like yeah okay capitalism you you're like saying it's all the fault of that but capitalism is the the best thing that we've got as opposed to the alternative like communism or a full-on t 
tyranny. We've got to be honest about it. We don't have capitalism. We have cartelism. So it needs to be fixed. Like it needs to be patched. Like I always think of it in a sense like, say with Microsoft, don't want to be giving Bill Gates a pat on the back. Hey, here. whoa, 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 <laughs> man. Careful what you no, say here. <laughs> they didn't stop at Windows 95, right? They kept an updating it. They kept, but it feels like capitalism, democracy, so it, it doesn't move with the times. It's not updated or patched like it should be. So, of course it hasn't got any better, but if it, in, it's something that needs to be yeah. co- constantly re-looked at. And if it's turned into cartelism, because now companies, they're not just turned over millions, it's billions, billions. and mm. like they that, got... that needs to be addressed. It's like, well, okay, there needs to be stuff in place then to stop that happening. Well, look at small businesses. We know during the pandemic, small businesses were hit the most. Yeah. And right. that allowed, unfortunately, corporations that had all the delivery drivers, all the lorries, to rake it in in that period. Now, in a fairer society, and a lot of the little shops were told, oh, you have to stay closed and stuff, because all these people, they can deliver. So don't have your business open. Don't have pedestrians coming in and out of your shop mm. spreading this invisible thing. Like you said, if we had the 2.0 version during that pandemic, even though I fucking hated every moment of it, we would have at least still seen small businesses still survive. Mm. But instead, because we have like rampant cartelism, the businesses earn that much money and they can just say to the governments, unfortunately, that they are bigger than, you know, look at technocrats, they're a lot bigger than governments now Mm. in terms of how much they control and earn. So the sway they have is... is so far greater yeah. than like governments. That's mm. the thing. Like we, that's another thing we've seen in the COVID era. These unelected governing bodies, like the WHO and the World Economic Forum and stuff, they have all the governments and world leaders and stuff in their pockets. So it's like they control everything. They've got all the money. They've they own the media, so they control what people think. The mm. social media, like they they got their fingers in so many fucking pies. Like even Bill Gates, like now the number one owner of farmland. Like for them, it's like a giant game of monopoly or something. They're just like moving stuff around the board, and they of course represent even more powerful interests behind them. But yeah. it, it's very obvious that. There are forces at work here that go above and beyond governments. They're, they're, they have no countries or borders or whatever. It's, this is a, like, a, like a coup to take over the world. It seems by a very select few. I mean, we're not yeah. saying it's not necessarily, you know, Zuckerberg. It's not necessarily Bill Gates. It's yeah, or not, Klaus Schwab. It's not necessarily Bezos, uh, Bezos. You know, these are their pawns. Yeah, by controlling us all and what we buy on Amazon and all this stuff. Yeah, and, and the same with world leaders. Yeah, all the, like nearly all the world leaders that you can think of in recent years have been World Economic Forum young global leaders, from like Trudeau to Macron to Boris Johnson. There, there, there was a even bloody Putin. Mm. <laughs> they were like all at the same like Harry Potter school for young fucking wizards. <laughs> <laughs> but like there was a. There was an election, wasn't it? Do you remember when we were looking at both the candidates? It was in like England. I can't quite remember it, but but there were basically two young global leaders against each other in the run-up, from from Boris to Sunak to Liz Truss, whatever. They're they're all like members of the World Economic Forum, and even the ones that are on opposing parties. So it's just like, well, they're all young leaders, or they're all members of the WEF. Like they're singing off the same song sheet. It doesn't matter if they're One's Labour and one's Conservative or something. It's like irrelevant. Yeah. 
you know, we had this um, sort of way of putting it before, didn't we? Said they, they sit at the government table, the conservative table, but then when they leave that table, it's like they go out to like a bigger house, and then there's the bigger table. Mm. Don't worry that you are a conservative. As soon as you walk through this door and you sit down at this table, it's this group you're actually a member. You're our bitch. Yeah. Bend over. <laughs> I mean, I love that picture. I'm sure we brought it up in a previous episode of like one of the Rothschilds, is it? That's talking to Prince Charles and he's just poking him in the chest like, you do what I say. We on <laughs> you. Or like there's, there's footage of the Pope, isn't there? Like kissing the rings of like the yeah. Rothschilds and stuff. And as far as I know, it doesn't, the Rothschilds are like the, the red shield or whatever, like protecting the families that are even higher than them. I mean, I wonder how close you could get to the inner core of it all. They're probably pe- people, you know, no, no one's ever even heard of. Well, they are the people with no names. <laughs> and beyond that, who knows? Maybe some otherworldly forces, but we're not going to be talking about that today. Yeah, before moving on, there is a Bill Hicks quote here, actually, and it says, this is where we are right now. He was talking then, I'm assuming, about the 90s. But he says, as a whole, so no one's left out of the loop. We are experiencing a reality based on a thin veneer of lies and illusions. A world where greed is our god and wisdom is sin. Where division is key and unity is fantasy. Where the ego-driven cleverness of the mind is praised rather than the intelligence of the heart. Well said, man. He had a way with words. He did. And he's extremely funny, but he's just like dropping wisdom on us constantly. Disguised through comedy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bill. But yeah, he's he's kind of got it bang on now. For now, things have only got worse. But yeah, we're going back to world leaders and people that we put in power and stuff. Another thing that could be a really easy fix, if you still wanted to go down the road of having politics. I heard Russell Brand say once, you know, we need people to do the admin. And yeah. that's kind of true, but it's like, that's all it kind of should be, I feel like. But even... Just within that, like, it should be people that don't have other vested interests. So, like, if you work in politics, you can't also have pretty basic stuff, like, yeah. you know, like, shares in this company, your brother's in this fucking, like, because they're all just doing backhanders, giving money to their friends that work here, or they've, you know, like, who's the guy, um, Sunak? His like, wife's a billionaire, and he's got investments in everything from, like, digital IDs to like everything they're bringing in basically I'd like to think do you think it'd be bias? like if it was a small if society was smaller in like town fellowships when everyone was involved and everyone knew everyone you would quickly find out he's only fucking paying off the next and you'd be like you shouldn't be doing that that's why we've elected you to lead our group you know what giveth taketh away yeah it shouldn't be a job that pays a lot of money and right. it should be something that people either do voluntarily or they do and it's just like any other job and they're not allowed to massively profiteer off it again it's pretty basic stuff but how many corrupt politicians are there out there how many people are there that have got millions and millions of pounds but they're speaking for the common man it doesn't make sense they're they're making decisions on things like the nhs oh i've been to the nhs so you know oh, private like, don't be silly 
oh, education. It's like, oh, but you went to bloody Eton. It should almost be a checklist. Like, have you ever, you know, been on the NHS, gone to state school, been on the dole, went out and got pissed on a Friday night and ate a kebab? <laughs> You've got to tick all these things to be like, you're a normal person. You can actually come in and make decisions. Left it about a month with the leaky tap because you know how much a bloody call-out charges for a plumber. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I can pay for that in a minute. I earned that just about now. Wasn't it the famous Cameron clip where they they try and catch politicians out, at least in the UK, by asking them the price of milk and the price of bread? And they'd be like, £10? And they're like, not even close, mate. Yeah. Well, they, they once asked Cameron, what, what's the uh, price of a loaf of bread? And being clever, he was like, I don't buy loaves of bread. I make my own bread at home. I have a bread maker. <laughs> so, anyone with a bread maker should not be making decisions. No. I have a bread maker. So, of he, course, I don't know. He might as well have just told us, like, <laughs> the clothes that his children wear. It's like, what, what are they made of? Cotton? Oh, I've got a sleigh field that gets my own cotton. Didn't you know? <laughs> we, we make our own clothes. I don't have to buy them. <laughs> but, these, but we've put the most disconnected people in charge. So they have no idea what it's like to be a normal working-class person or even middle-class person, a lot of them, because they've come from this completely different world, but they're the people calling the shots on everything. Yeah, they're always bringing in new laws to, like, spy on people and monitor everything that we're doing, but the ones that need to be monitored are the people in government making the decisions. But all the laws that come out are just to spy on the population more and put more infringements on us but it, it should be completely inverted well it reminds me of the pandemic when we had all the the party party gate right right yeah and then like they they should be living by even though the rules are bullshit that's not the point i'm making but the reaction from the people was how can our politicians the one who've put us under all this strain about lockdowns all that bullshit they're the ones what eating caviar yeah, having cheese and wine parties, oh, Boris yeah. Johnson and his cronies. Yeah, lines of cocaine off a silver tray. <laughs> yeah, not realising, like, actually, the same rules that apply to you don't apply to oh, them. them. Yeah, That's what people got to realise. And it, it just kind of makes, makes me laugh that they're continually just, like, bringing in laws, so, like, clamping down on everything, whilst they're, as Bill Hicks would say, demons running amok. But um, yeah, I think this feeling actually that we were talking about, like of not having governance over your own community and no sort of say in how things are run or these sort of feelings led to things like in the UK, Brexit happening. Because like, a lot of people just didn't want some fat cats in Brussels telling them how to live their own lives and they wanted some sort of control back like it's like people were trying to gain a bit of control back yeah. and that's because of this disconnect this massive disconnect that people feel well even people that go crazy for trump they're just like at last someone that you know speaks for us like these people are so desperate aren't they because they have no real sway over anything the worst thing is when those things come in um they're not always necessarily good things i mean Trump is a bit like... They're just preying off that, that basically. Yeah, yeah, Trump was preying off that. And so yeah. was Brexit. I mean, we all saw how people's Facebook accounts were hacked and all the bullshit they were fed them fed about immigration and how goods will be cheaper. Will they be... They didn't turn out to be cheaper. No. Really. All Saying the... it was all going to the NHS. NHS. The money. You know. <laughs> now, after COVID, it's probably like, 
NHS is just going to be privatised like they always wanted it to be. It was just that people were just fed on a load of lies. Lies, yeah. But the interesting part is, so I didn't really agree with Brexit from that point of view. But then from another side, I do believe in the deconstruction of power. Like, I don't like centralised power. Mm. I don't like the fact that people yeah. in Brussels are deciding what our laws are going to be and how, like, spending our money and deciding how things are going to be spent and stuff. I don't like that. But yeah. I think it should go down to the micro level where it's not just the UK is disconnected from the rest of Europe. It's like on a town by town or county by county basis where we almost need like Towns it or something like town by town we disconnect. So I know it's gonna get sort of complicated, but that worked for thousands of years. Isn't it more natural for us to live like that? Or would people just see that as devolving? Well put it this way, with technology, people have always been encouraged to become more connected to the wider world, right? Mm. Through technology, whether you've first developed developed Skype and now we could view people over in Australia, our family, good day, cousin, how's it over here? Like, oh, my word. But Yeah, technology is amazing, it, and that's how we're getting this podcast out to people all, all over the world. Well, but it comes at a price. Price, exactly. It does come at a price because everyone wants to have their little piece in the world, but how significant are you in one in ten billion level? But how significant are you if you were, say, one in ten thousand part of a small town? Do you know what I'm saying? Your representational value is, is greatly increased. Are we as people, are we meant to live? Oh, I'm digitally connected to everything and everything in the big wide world. I mean, look at chimpanzees. I know particularly live in big social groups. But they're always of a certain set and size. Yeah, once they get over a certain number, they have to split, split off, off, right? Yeah. Or it all just goes goes, goes to shit. Goes to shit, yeah. It's probably the same with tribes as well. Like tribes people. Yeah. We're not so dissimilar to apes <laughs> either. But you wonder, is there a certain number, probably higher than it is for chimps, but let's say over a certain amount of hundred or thousand, where things start to get complicated and these kind of corrupt hierarchies just naturally form. I mean, I've like been watching a lot of stuff recently to do with cults. There's this thing on Netflix, not much to watch on there these days, but True. how to become a cult leader. I'd heard a lot of the stories before and I'd watched things like Wild Wild Country, but what I've noticed within all these cults, they often they start out with the best intentions, or at least the followers do, and then it doesn't take long... To go full Waco. <laughs> yeah, to get super corrupted, or maybe it was always corrupt to start with, but a lot of the time things seem to go really wayward just because power corrupts. Yeah. Is it that simple? Is it like, it's, really, it's inevitable. We never live in a utopian society or this fair world that we're trying to dream of because it's it's inbuilt into us. Well, okay, you look at people like technocrats that are like multi-billionaires and how much power they definitely control, especially if you're someone like Jeff Bezos and you own Amazon, okay? Everyone uses your thing. Everyone uses your thing. Even you're, I have. Even I have. I'm guilty of it. I'm sorry, everyone. But maybe, maybe power does corrupt, okay? But at the same time, if things were still run on a smaller level, surely there would be a group of people at one point, if they saw the leader, the commune, I don't know, tribesman, the elder, start and be corrupted, you could just, like, remove them or say, well, look, you know, you're Keep going... It happens again and again. I suppose it seems like a vicious cycle. Yeah. Like fat it... bastard from Austin Powers. <laughs> I'm hungry because I eat... And I eat because I'm hungry. 
It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, I do remember once hearing about this tribe where whoever the leader of the tribe was, they had the lowest position. Like they had the least belongings. Or the smallest or, house or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right. And like the hut. <laughs> My yeah. Hut. And they would get to be that person. Like they were it was constantly a, changing. But it seems a privilege to, to be that. Yeah, and if you were the person that was like, I don't know, cleaning the toilets or whatever, like you were the sort of you you were the lowest person there, you would get elevated to the top position yeah. you know it's like your worth if you were doing let's like, say the hardest stuff or the most grueling stuff your like value to your tribe was far greater than say someone else who was just yeah i'm not sure if that was an element but it was definitely the element of if they were sitting at the top they like you said would have the smallest hut they'd get the least food etc etc mm. so there, there wasn't that same incentive because let's face it, power crazed people go for positions of power because they lust after the fame, the control, the power for the sake of power, like but if you told and the riches that come with it and the influence and stuff. But if you told them, oh, you're, you're going to have to live in a fucking shit shack and eat bugs off the floor or whatever, well, Clash <laughs> One might like it. He likes bugs. Yeah. But yeah, it wouldn't be as attractive for these people. No, because they were like, well, what have I got to gain from that? Exactly, yeah. And, and it's always this, um, unfortunately, it's always them people that rise to the top. So people can kind of blame the systems, and that's correct in a sense, because it's like, well, the systems are set up to almost help people who are like megalomaniacs. Yeah. yeah so rise. sociopaths and narcissists and even psychopaths, like they will rise to the top because the whole system's in place just reward that profit over everything. Yeah. So how can you prevent that? It's really difficult to think how that would be avoidable. I mean, one, this is going to sound really basic. A lot of this stuff we're saying probably sounds like really naive to a lot of people but you know questions worth asking and thinking about neither of us are saying we're experts we just wanted to have this conversation conversation but something i've i've always thought of there's a minimum wage why isn't there a maximum wage Wage. really simple right yeah but say that was announced right everyone you know minimum wage a lot of you know it very well (laughs) you've only ever had minimum wage or the dole but what about maximum wage? Maximum wage? I've not, not heard of that one. Yeah, it's a new law we've got in place to say that you can't have billionaires. Yeah. In fact, the most money you can have is, I don't know, let's be generous and say millions still. Yeah. But it can't be what we deem as the public to be a grotesque amount of money for any one person and, to earn. And you should also have a company cap. You say if your company goes above a much of growth and you're still trying to hoard in parts of the business, you can't have that business. Or you, they, they have stuff in place to say you will then have to use any money that goes above that to help the community that you've taken something from. And it stopped, and the buck stops there, really. Yeah. You know, some some people might be outraged by that and say, well, you should be rewarded for your hard work and stuff like that. It's like, you are. You're still a multi-millionaire. It's like, how much money do you want? Yeah. Like, I often think of someone that would be like a tribes person or someone that someone else might look down on, but what would they think if they were like, so there's people starving, but you've got this person who's got billions of pounds and all these resources. Like, they think that it was just disgusting, yeah. abhorrent. Like, how can you, as a society, even allow that? And how can this person live with themselves? Like, we, we live in a sick society where we celebrate that with the Forbes list and all oh. these billionaires that people worship. It's, like it's gross. We do celebrate money grotesquely now. And why? 
why were you all underneath all that jewelry or the, your six hundred pound pair of Fendi trainers or the Bentley you're driving around in that you drive for one mile out of your Belgravia driveway to <laughs> to your Belgravia yeah, what, barbers? Yeah, why does anyone need millions or billions of pounds or whatever? You, you do, there's got to be a cut off where, as a society, we we agree. Like we we just think that's grotesque. It's it's wrong, and that money should be put back into the community and the needy. Hmm. Well, you but look, you can still, but you can still have your millions. Yeah, of course you, you know can. I mean? That's pretty fair, isn't it? Well, like, I mean, you made a good example, okay? Like board board members and shareholders of companies who don't do any work, but they rake in shitloads of money each year for little to nothing, other than having just investments in. Think about the sort of money they make compared to someone who say. I don't know, down cleaning the sewers and stuff. The money should be like the other way around. The guy down cleaning the sewers and I'm blocking all those earbuds and Johnnies. British slang there for condon, if no one knew it. A a good way to do that then would be to say, and I think I've heard this idea put forward before, the person at the bottom of the company versus the person at the top it should only be, say say for argument's sake, it, it was like they can only earn eight times the amount right. or something. Yeah. So they've either got to bring the wage up of the person at the bottom massively so oh, they get more. Yeah, or drop the guy at the or top. Or drop the guy's wages at the top. But it can't exceed a certain amount. And again, that would be something that's chosen by the public. It would be like, look, and you know, you, you, let's be fair. If you do this job, how much more should you get paid? And people would be general, like fair about it no, and go, well, they should get paid more because they've trained for tra- it or, yeah, or it they, takes more responsibility. They've worked there 20 or, years. They've, yeah. yeah. They're longer. Yeah, we yeah. all agree with that. But it, it shouldn't be what it is. That would encourage then employers not to take less because they won't want less money. That yeah. would encourage them to pay more because people would say, oh, well, then they just, they, all those fat cats would just reduce their bills. No, they wouldn't. They're fat cats. They love money. Yeah. They so would, they would be forced to pay people more. more. For the lower jobs. And, and, and then we've, what we do, we would raise the... Yeah. We would, we would eliminate like the cost of living crisis. Or suddenly you'd have people coming home even though they're stacking shelves. But they're still actually getting good money because a giant Tesco's isn't going to stack 40,000 shelves itself. Yeah, right, you, need yeah. a, you need a whole workforce to come and do that. You're paying them peanuts to do it. But hang on, everyone uses your store Tesco. Everyone shops there. And you, during, the per, during the pandemic, we suddenly realised, oh, we can't live without these key workers. Yeah. People that get paid fuck all working in a supermarket or at the NHS or, you know. Same for the care, all the carers going out. The carers, it was like, oh, actually, we've suddenly realised... These people are, like, very important. Yeah, (laughs) and we pay them absolutely nothing. And it'll be funny, how many pay rises were those guys getting during the pandemic? Well, they they were fighting for pay rises afterwards what was it that Boris gave them? Wasn't it like 1% or yeah. rise or something outrageous? And like, it's like they work their asses off to try to keep people... Uh, I mean, the stuff we were running out of during the pandemic. I mean, people, we couldn't get loo roll. <laughs> we couldn't get toilet roll. But yeah, there's, there, there's definitely some real... I mean, that inequality there is just insane. Yeah. And I do realise, like I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about things like, well... It's not just politics. That goes with everything. Like, if you look at the amount of published books, for example, it's only a very small group of authors that nearly make all the book sales and then it go, filters down and down. And these models are everywhere. So it's kind of like just how it is 
with humans in general. But the point is, knowing that, why don't we set up systems and laws in place? Because we already have systems and laws and all the rest of it. But why don't we, like, like I said earlier, patch them up or just update them to make them continually fairer? Man. Like we do with everything else. You don't just stick with the same iPhone or whatever. You keep improving it. And I, I, I guess like on the surface, that's what government's supposed to be or whatever. But it's not. No. And no. everyone can see that it's not. Like, it's so fucking obvious, but it's like no one wants to actually admit it. As Tupac Shakur once said, and still I see no changes. All I see is racist faces. Yeah, I remember I watched a programme a few years back with Michael Tellinger about um, something called Ubuntu, and it was something that he was trying to get going, um, I believe, in South Africa on a town-by-town basis where he was basically like, I want to get one town of people and disconnect them from the system, let's say. So they would be, for example, disconnected from the energy grid and they'd have their own energy grid and they'd be disconnected from all the major banks and they'd have their own people's bank and they'd have money that's spent on the community but it's totally transparent and everyone within the town decides on what it gets spent on. And I'm not sure, he's really hard to look up now. He just seems to have like disappeared. <laughs> I hope he's not been taken out or something, but I, I couldn't find him on the net at all. But I don't know if he ever got to the point where he was actually, you know, doing that and putting that into a practice with a town. That's why we've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, right. Again. Yeah, maybe he's just busy. Busy like... Digging wells. Digging wells and yeah, <laughs> planting seeds and things. I hope so, Michael. Yeah, big shout, Mr. <laughs> Tellinger, big shout. But um, it was a really interesting show, and it was the only time I'd seen someone attempt to kind of paint this better future, but really go into the nuts and bolts of like how, how it would actually all work. And one of the things that he was saying is, if a town did this and was successful, and suddenly they lived in abundance, because one of the things that he was saying was, what about if everyone in the town grew their own fruit and vegetable? You might grow carrots say i grow potatoes oh do you you know give you some of my potatoes for you but it's not it's not a communist society it's like a contributionist society so we we all lend whatever skills we have to it as well you might be a carpenter i might be a, a baker or what you know any way that you can oh i need some new furniture for my house well blah blah will do it why will he do it for free well because he just got his plumbing done for free mm. And he just got a load of fresh cakes delivered from the bakery up the road yeah. that he also made the furniture for. But hey, he doesn't mind these fresh donuts every day. Like, mm. Can you imagine if it was because if it was just your town, you wouldn't feel like you were taking the piss because you're like, well, I've got everything I need. Yeah. So is everyone else. We live in abundance. We all contribute and do our bit for the community and some can do less than others, but they pay back in other ways. Oh, and it doesn't really matter anyway, because we've got so much, we've got more than what we need. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just greed that gets in the way of that. Everyone in that town would have to be on board. And how long is it before people start, oh, you know, I, I should get more because I, it's just like, what I wonder is, does human nature always creep back in and then suddenly whatever vision of the future it was you had, where you're like, well, that'd be brilliant, just boom. It all, it all comes crumbling down again. You know? One day you just get that jam donut with that tiny little bit less jam in it. <laughs> and that's it. It's like, are we flawed as a species? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> donuts aside. 
<laughs> yeah, I kind I kind of always wonder that. But I guess if society was set up in a way where it didn't exacerbate the worst parts of, human, of the human condition, yeah, the traits and nature of our species, yeah, and rather than like capitalizing off that, if it tried to like lift us continually and steer us away from all these potholes that we usually fall into, I, I think that that sort of that kindred spirit is inside people, every one of us. I just think there's so much in the way now. It's kind of hard to relate back to that level. Yeah, because I guess, say you had a society like the one I just spoke of, like where you lived in abundance, you had everything you wanted and more. You had a nice house with a garden. You get everything you need to food feed yourself with. You, you're in charge of your community. Not in charge of it, but you, you have a say within your community. Like All the boxes are ticked. You're still going to have a lot of problems. Of course you are. Things are going to go wrong. If it were, there's three people growing potatoes and one person's potato crop goes wrong. Well, does that mean that that person doesn't get any potatoes yeah. or, or they get they get less back from other community members because yeah. they've had less to give? You know what I mean? You would almost need in. you would almost need like a few generations to pass to kind of stamp out this way of thinking. Like, because say a few generations went past and it then you were, then you got it to a stage where you didn't even have money. Because he was like, well, what do you need money for if you've got abundance? It's, it's meaningless. You've got a house, you've got garden, you've got food, you've got your family, like, and nothing costs anything. What if I need hospital? Da, 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 that's all free. Yeah. What about energy? That's free. It's like everything was free. You wouldn't even need money. So if you, if you were able to keep this going for long enough, it would get to a point where there'd be a generation of kids being born and they wouldn't have, even have this mentality of like, well, I'm doing more, so I, I should have more. But you've already got everything you that you need. need. Why would you want more? But you can't actually even have more because... You've already got more, more. than you would need <laughs> of everything. I know greed is a natural human emotion, but it, it would get to a point where you could stamp it out within humans where that thought wouldn't even pop into their mind. We don't have money, so I don't need money to hoard like a dragon like on his <laughs> gold or something. Like Having money for the sake of it isn't a thing. And these other things, they don't appeal to you because you've already got everything that you could want. On the subject of things being free as well, like I do believe that we could have free energy. Like Tesla knew that. There's so much wasted energy. We get enough energy from our sun that we could power everything. Like water, the air, mm. all, all the elements could be giving us energy if, if we were just putting all our efforts into, into that. that alone, yeah. And the same thing with like everyone on the planet, like when we walk, that's wasted energy. Running water, that's wasted energy. Like imagine if you had a whole city where everyone was walking around and there was stuff underneath the pavements that that was... Just using all that kinetic energy yeah, right. to, to turn every light bulb on in the evening in yeah. the winter. Yeah. And there's probably more inventive ways than like solar panels than using like the sun's energy. But the trouble is time and money's not being put into it like it should be because all these all these powerful forces are in place and they just want the monopoly so yeah. they're stopping anything like that happening like have you ever seen these uh, these bits of footage of oh this guy who's like complete nobody in a garage like invented a car that could run on water or yeah. something and you're like what but then soon later, you like, never hear anything about it again it's like there's blatantly stuff like that out there and it ain't fucking electric cars that need little kids to go down a mine to get the lithium yeah. for the batteries or whatever. Like, I'm sh pretty sure that we could run everything with free energy. 
I believe there is such thing as free energy out there. And you're not, not just the stuff that you're talking about. I mean, that would be the best way if you just had, like you said, moving pavement, pavements. Every drop of kinetic energy the human uses, we could some way use that as a force to power something. You can have things in rivers that, do it. as the current goes, goes past, they, they, it sort up. of churns them and they spin and that creates a lot of energy and stuff like I'm sure there's lots of things that you could in, introduce. And imagine, imagine if that's where all your time and energy was going into as people, as a human You'd race. You'd probably accelerate the development of those sort of programs where you could be much more sustainable. If everything, yeah. if you just turn, yeah. turned off, I'm not saying just stop oil. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, obviously there was the race between Tesla and Edison and Tesla wanted free energy for the world, which is obviously why we didn't go down that route, but we'd be living in a very different world if we did do that. And the fact that everyone could be growing their own fruit and veg, I mean, how many people have like these lovely like lawns, but nothing on them? You're sort of fed this idea of like the American dream or something like white picket fence and a perfect lawn and stuff. You're not really fed this idea of we should all be growing our own fruit and veg. I know they do in some countries, but it's not really what's pushed, is it? Well, it's, like, it's definitely not a Western society thing. No. Is it? I mean... Not on the whole. But we did sort of realise during the pandemic how reliant we were on supermarkets. And for me, it was a real alarm going off because I was thinking if we, we'd be fucked. Like, yeah. if suddenly the supermarkets went down or run out of food, like, we'd have no way of feeding ourselves because no, no. one... Around me is growing their own fruit and veg even. Like, what the hell would we actually do? So that's another sort of return to basics. Like we were t- talking earlier about wouldn't things be better as, you know, smaller communities and everything else. Like, we've, we've also, through capitalism, I guess, forgotten how to kind of fend for ourselves. And if you look at the schools, like the schools don't really, on the whole, teach... They just keep, teach kids to memorise what they put in front of them, but they're not teaching them to build things or grow things. Yeah. And they come out of school just kind of brainwashed. They're not really useful. No, or well, other than to push into very limited positions of employment, well, yeah. they'll do exactly what authority tells them to. For, yeah, for 35, 40 years until they call in their pension and they say, what a waste of time that was. Yeah, if anything, the school system at the moment, it sucks all the kind of individuality that kids have and and the kind of stuff they would bring to the table in their innocence is kind of sapped out of them in school. It's like, this is how the world is. You've got to get real. All that gets stamped out, even their imaginations. Yeah, because unfortunately, a lot of those great ideas that are so pure and natural and come from the innocent side, once you get rid of that and you stamp that out, so you grow through your pubescence to your teenage years, your adult. That's no longer in you. Yeah, you Often, can't. You can't think of your. It's like your imagination's got wiped. Well, I think it was Kanye once that. I mean, it's probably a bit of a Kanye example, but he said, if a kid jumps on the coffee table and says like, "I'm Superman" or whatever, you're like, "Get down off the table!" But what are you stamping out of them from a early age? Obviously, you don't want them to do that in a restaurant or you want them to behave a certain way to fit in all the rest of it. But it was a Kanye example. (laughs) But I knew what he was trying to get at because it's like kids have such an amazing imagination. He might have thought he was Superman standing on top of a building, but very quickly you get all that stamped, stamped out of you. I'm not saying people should let their kids jump on coffee tables, you know. No, Have some sense. Yeah, wait until they're at least 21 and at a <laughs> wedding. Then they can even take their trousers down too. 
Another thing with schools, I mean, we've done a whole episode on school. It's our very first episode, actually. Mm. But not only do they not encourage kids to use their imaginations, but they're not, kids are not really asked what they think. They're just told what to think. And then also, they're just told what we already know. They're not really told, well, this is what we don't know, so go out there and find it out yeah. for yourselves. So they're not in, inspired in that kind of way. We, we're sort of led to believe that everything just is the way it is, and well, I think that's we, just how it is, so get on with it. I think we used this example in a very early episode. It might be a long way back, but it's the whole Truman Show thing with the map, when young Truman is in school... And he wants to be an explorer. And they pull down the map. Everywhere has been discovered already. And he's like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. You'll go to work in an office. Yeah. Whereas if we went back to the previous idea of, say you were in a community, but it was like, right, we've got to figure out how to give ourselves free energy. And it was like, wow, there's there's problems to be solved. Because it doesn't feel like that. It's like, this is society. Find your place in it. You're not... People, especially young people, they don't really feel like they're part of anything or that they could like have any impact on the world or positive change. I believe they're actually yearning for a contributionist society because they've become so far removed now. You know, they're almost feeling quite worthless, I can imagine, young people, like, because the prospects look pretty uh, grim for them. And just people in general. Sometimes the huddled masses are like painted as like, they're lazy and stuff like that, but... I don't think people, especially men, on the whole, are lazy. We want to feel useful and we want to be busy in ourselves with doing things. Otherwise, we go insane. People in general, we need stuff to do still. But if you were part of a community was like, "Well, well, we need to run it and we need people to do stuff, people wouldn't resent doing that because they go crazy without work and things yeah. to do and things to help with. It's, it's in our nature to do that. Yeah, and they would still enjoy the camaraderie of going to work. I think yeah, a lot right. of men enjoy having the workspace with, not necessarily just men, women as well, but, but men particularly like having, you know, the job. I'm not saying, like... A utopian society shouldn't be like, we have AI robots to do everything for us and we just sit with nothing to do except put a VR helmet on and fulfill our deepest, darkest desires or something. That's hell. You know what I mean? That's idiocracy, that is. Yeah, because sometimes people (laughs) might think, oh, a utopian society would be like, you know, there was no work, you, you could just put your feet up or whatever, but no one really wants to do that. No one wants to do nothing. No. You would feel worthless. But an existence where you were part of nature, part of running your own community, and you could live in peace and abundance, and you had some sort of like control and urgency over your own life and how things were run, like that sounds like a pretty good deal. That could happen, but I feel like the clock is ticking because it will get to a point where there'll be such tyrannical control being imposed that you won't even be able to break away. Well, you can see it already. It looks like the powers that be, they don't want that society to happen. That, that's like their worst nightmare. Because what happens there is people take back more of their sovereignty. Mm. That's the first thing that happens. Because yeah. it's like, well, we, we don't need you anymore. You know? And that's kind of what's got to happen. I don't think it's like a war between us and them. It's like we almost have to take that stance of we don't need you anymore. We're just ignoring you yeah. and doing our own thing. 
But then going back to what I was talking about earlier with the cults and stuff, whenever that happens and there's like a fractured bit of society and stuff, it either goes terribly wrong or the powers that be have suddenly got their eyes on it. Like, that's a threat. They don't want that happening. And they do everything in their power to stop that from happening. In the future, like we talked about in the previous dystopian episode, say you were born and you were chipped and you were straightway part of the system, the smart grid, there there would probably be no way of escaping it. That's the future they want to build so you can't opt out. It's just impossible. The (laughs) I-humans... So I do feel like it's a race between people getting together and putting this stuff into practice before it's literally too late because you'll have like the new world order of police just come in a flamethrower your community and little vegetable patch. You'll be mainly focused on governments and politics and corporations and stuff. But if you were to look at every powerful institution and again, look at ways that you could tweak or change it or update it. Like say like the media, for example, like we spoke about this before, like there should be rules, even if there was like a three strike rule or something that they couldn't, you know, if they kept them telling blatant lies and they were found out about it, there would be repercussions. They, they couldn't carry on anymore. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> reporting. Look at the news of the world. I mean, I know the whole the whole Millie Dowler scandal um, with the hacking. Scoundrel. Of scoundrel. <laughs> scandal. <laughs> they are scoundrels, those fuckers at the <laughs> news of the world. They got obviously taken down. They, they couldn't obviously print anymore because of that whole thing. But how many times do you think they were up to that sort of nefarious behaviour before they got found out about it? So they. what I'm trying to say is they should have been taken out a long time ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and these big media organisations shouldn't... They, they shouldn't be allowed to be like sponsored by Pfizer. It's exactly the same as the politicians. Otherwise, it's, the news is going to be biased. And we all know that, you know, it all comes from like one central source anyway. They're all like basically singing off the same song sheet well, yeah, all we... the time. I mean, we've all seen that clip of all the news broadcasters in, in America saying the same thing word for word. Yeah. And if you look at what people own what news channels when you actually look at some of that program succession that was on tv you actually realize that a lot of the news corporations can get bought by people or get people buy into their corporations and they can just change the narrative of the news just from how one person's influence has just maybe became a shareholder and stuff already news is biased but it's only biased just because of there's only a few people who are controlling all the news yeah and also as well, like, there's so many stories in the news that I think, why do people need to know about this? Like, heinous crimes. Then, like, nowhere near where you live, but you'll hear some, like, gruesome tale of, like, oh, some guy's, like, killed his two kids. Whereas, like, if the news was just reported in a way that wasn't continually bad news and stuff, you because there's amazing things happening every day, right? That's why, for a short time, when it was on, I used to like Russell Howard's Good News. I was like, oh, this is something different. Is it is all doom and gloom. It is continually just make, making you think the world's a terrible place. They even used to do a thing, like, years ago on the news where they'd, like, end with a light-hearted story about a cat being stuck up a tree or yeah. something, but they've even stopped that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just... Most of the time, if it's not this disaster's happened and this awful crime and stuff like that, it's like salacious celebrity gossip or it's all just toxic shit. If it is something good, like a disability school has broken a record, world record for, I don't know, balancing as many plates as they can on sticks. I don't know, I'm trying to think of something. But then it'll be like, visited today by Boris Johnson. Oh, so it's become a political thing. Yeah, right. You know, like instead of it being like an achievement for the human race... 
It's one for the Conservative Party or one for the Labour Party. You know what I mean? The good thing in some way gets corrupted already as soon as it gets put on the news. Yeah. People would argue, like people that run them newspapers and stuff, like it's what people want to see. I've heard that argument be used so many times. Or Simon Cowell said it with X Factor. People yes. can say what they want, but it's what people want and stuff. But it's like, is it? Yeah. Like, I think the success of podcasts, for example, where it's people like us talking for a long period of time and all that... Joe Rogan or whatever, like doing these interviews, people are tuning in because they like long form conversation and they like in depth chats about stuff and mm. they want to go deep. But we've been told for so many years now, people they just want escapism, they just yeah. want to watch something that's easy. This is what people want or whatever, but it's it's not, and that has actually been proven. They don't like you feed people garbage, and that's all all they know. But it's not necessarily what we actually, actually want. It's why we get. All videos on YouTube have become sort of shorts now, and you get 15-second clips on yeah, TikTok. TikTok and stuff like and that. That's what we're being fed. That's what the kids want now. It's like, we're well, doing them no good. Good, yes. And is that really what they want? Not. I mean, if they want that, that's, once again, it's just escapism. Just one video into the next. It's nothing that's going to hold their imagination. Looking at, say, Big Pharma as well, as another like powerful... Institution. I mean, we've seen in the pandemic how corrupt the WHO is. But yet again, there's no, like, who's who? Who? <laughs> who's watching the who? You know what I mean? But, like, who's governing the who? They're, they're self-governing these things. It's like, they can just do whatever they want, it seems like. And you say, oh, well, you know, you've got, like, the FDA. and the, but They're all compromised as well. The CDC. The CDC. What, they're like, America. All these or things. Or the British Medical Institute, yeah. if it's they're England. Being, yeah. They're being funded by the likes of Gates. And you'd see, you know, Gates is even going back to media. He's even given the BBC, like, millions or whatever. Like, you can see, like, the web. Yeah. But again, they shouldn't be allowed to. It goes back to the lobbying thing. They shouldn't be... A, someone like Bill Gates, he shouldn't be allowed to do that because then he's going to have sway over what the media says or then he's going to have too much of a say in what goes ahead with the WHO. Well, like, who is he to decide at the end of the day? Well, he, or the people controlling him? Even if we looked on the concept of health in terms of things like vaccination programmes, OK, we thought the best solution to a pandemic of a flu type was to go out and jab everyone. That, that, was, that was the solution. Yeah. Other than all the stupid things to do with the isolation... That was a loose solution. It's always going to lie in the hands of Big Pharma. Yeah. That's the thing. They're always going to be the solution to everything. More drugs, more pharmaceuticals, more injections. Yeah. They, they completely overlook any kind of holistic medicines. Anything that they, they can't monopolise and make money off. So it's like, oh, you've got cancer? I'm sure they suppress cures for things like cancer. And, and there's loads of research into all kinds of stuff that helps. Chemo is like, really, isn't that something that they're just like making money off? Sometimes it works because it pretty much destroys all your cells. cells. So, you know, you yeah. might come back from it in one piece. But, well, we get paid an absolute fortune for doing do it. So it yeah. works and for us. There's been proven now there's much more holistic ways of shrinking tumours and actually getting, I wouldn't say completely curing of cancer. Look at cannabis. 
Already, yeah, cannabis oils and stuff. That, like that. that was already yeah. proven yeah. that that they that. just want people to have chemo because then we can capitalize on that, get loads of money. It's, instead, you could just maybe kick back, eat some brownies, <laughs> shrink your tumor. I think I seriously think there's all kinds of stuff that just just like with the free energy thing, I think there's loads of things that they suppress within big pharma to keep people ill. Yeah. So they have customers. Well, flu jab, Reese, number one. Every a well year. person's not a customer for them. We have a flu jab every single year, right, to protect the elderly. How the fuck can we eradicate, eradicate flu yet? Yeah, but, but the COVID jabs were going to work. And, and, and every year, elderly people die at Christmas. Now, they say the flu jab uptake has actually been falling over the years. They said not as much many people get it. Funny, because don't recall extra old people dying because there's been... a reduce uptake in it and then you have to start to wonder well getting the flu jab actually does give you flu because then you build up the antibodies from having the flu in the first place but we know if an elderly person gets the flu they can die are we giving them a death shot by giving them the flu jab you could be you don't know but it does make you wonder these sort of things and the point is you can't trust these massive institutions anymore you can't whether it's the media or big pharma or even the education system like they've all been compromised they're all part of the same engine Mm. and you just feel like the only way to form some sort of a a new society or new world would be to disconnect and ignore these institutions of power and just do your own thing and lead by example but the trouble is Every time we've we've seen that well, happen they, in history, they, it's ended really badly. We could talk about the war on drugs in the terms of we've been fighting the war on drugs for ages, and now, only just now we're looking at the benefits of cannabis being legalised or decriminalised in certain countries. I mean, I, I only found out last year that the whole of Thailand have completely decriminalised cannabis. So. What I'm saying is, eventually, we are finding out these things that are natural and are better for us than, say, anything that Big Pharma is offering. Unfortunately, there's a lot of bureaucracy and hypocrisy from stuff that we've had to deal with for X amount of time over the years, how this thing is not good for you, it is bad for you, and then somehow we've all got to change everyone's thinking overnight. It was not that it was ever bad for you in the first place. My point is, is then the research was never done. You know, so we started at a really, really poor place, you know what I mean, of not understanding something's benefits. And look at the war on drugs. I mean, how many times a year are they going to fight things like illegally grown cannabis? And how many times are they going to keep fighting drug lords and profiteering off of just making misery off people? And all the people that are locked up on like minor cannabis charges and stuff, filling the prisons unnecessarily. One of the first things I do, legalise cannabis. If I ruled the world, I would legalise the dope. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd have to obviously get in the education in, but you look at certain countries that have decided not to have the war on drugs with hyphenated uh, abbreviations above it. Like Portugal, they had like a high amount of population that were using hard drugs like heroin, cocaine, mm. crack cocaine. And they thought, well, we don't have the police resources keep chasing these gangs and these criminals selling this shit so we're gonna legalize that shit and we're gonna make all the drug treatment free as well and what happened they saw a reduction in drug deaths they saw a reduction in crime Mm. it wasn't huge because portugal's only not a massive country there's a smaller population than great britain for sure but i thought what they did over there i thought that was quite a significant start 
to an approach where people are always going to do drugs. Unfortunately, we live in a world where if there's drugs about, a bit like alcohol, people are mm. going to drink. As simple as that. Uh, whether they do it responsibly yeah. or whether they... Uh, but if you're in tandem with that, offering them the help, and then in the long run, you would create a society where less and less people felt the need to abuse drugs and things be like that because yeah. actually they live in quite a nice world and they're pretty fulfilled and all the rest of it and if they do slide into that well then we have as many free facilities to treat them again the reason that people do a lot of drugs is because they want to escape the society that we live in and they're miserable and unfulfilled and disconnected and all the things that our society like breeds mm. That's, that's the only reason they go down that road in the first place. So if we lived in a different kind of world, you'd have less and less people being addicted to drugs and alcohol anyway. Fair point. Yeah, I've got some great Bill Hicks quotes about drugs actually here. One of the more serious ones is not a war on drugs, it's a war on personal freedom. But then there's some really funny ones like, why is marijuana against the law? It grows naturally upon our planet. Doesn't the idea of making nature against the law seem to you a bit unnatural? <laughs> I loved when Bush came out and said, we are losing the war against drugs. You know what that implies? There's a war being fought and the people on drugs are winning it. <laughs> Without even trying. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Again, you think of all the money that's pumped into the war on drugs. If you just use that money to be like, right, we're going to legalise drugs. We're going to make sure they're quality controlled and we're going to offer people the help to get off the drugs. Obviously, society would have to be a little different before you just drop that in. Dropped all that in all, all at once. But over time, if that's what you were kind of aiming for, then you kind of think like, well, that would be money better spent because the war, you're never going to win the war on drugs. No. Like you said, people are going to want to do them and get their hands on them. And, and criminal criminals are going to take that over. Over. And criminals are very resource, resourceful. I mean, you don't tell me what one cocaine cartel leader drops in Colombia. Six more don't take his place. It's the same for drug dealers in, in London or anything. Once one lad from an estate who's running all the drugs, like the road man, but once he goes away, what you think that yeah, estate, right. estate just... He's what, just every, replaced. What, yeah, and all the people in those flats will just stop how doing heroin much, overnight. How much criminal behaviour and criminal enterprises will be involved in drugs? And how many people filling up all the prisons will be there just for drug charges? Yeah. All that would go away. And all, the, and all those positions, like, like I said, being a roadman and it maybe being part of a popularity thing or, you know, peer pressure, well, that would all go. Because you couldn't be a roadman. You could work in the shop. Shop. The weed shop. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to work here. Work in the cocaine shop or something. I don't know. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that would save the youth. That would stop yeah. a lot of young men and, and of all backgrounds getting into that perpetual motion of this is the best thing for me because I can make money on the sly and, you know, it's off the grid, even though it's criminal and it's against the law and you could go to prison something for something that they can do. Do, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, the worst scenario, you could probably get killed for it. And gangs offer people a sort of family that they don't have and protection and things like that. Again, that they only need because they're living in such dire circumstances. Yeah. But without that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have all this. I mean, you, I think 
whatever society you have, you're always going to have to have some kind of laws and some kind of protection because people do crazy things to one another. And also there's always going to be that section of the of the population like i think something like 65 percent of all the crimes are by five percent of the people or maybe even more like a tiny fraction of just one group of criminal people we said about this earlier the whole thing with psychopathy it's always going to be within the human genome yeah you're always going to have people that display narcissistic behavior or they're like Machiavellian or psychopathic or sociopaths. Like we, we can't help that. And that's that's almost why we, you, you always have to have law mm. and some kind of protection from them people. people. Mm. But, okay, we can't avoid having them people. And I don't think we... Even if we went down the eugenics road of like, well, we're going to exterminate them all. It's like, okay, well, how much of it is nature and how much of it is nurture? And... And... If we start doing that, we're just as evil as them. them so yeah. let's just keep eugenics out of it. And there has been like proof that happened. I mean, I don't know if you know about this. There was a story in Africa when they know... I can't remember if it was the female or the male mosquito, the one that always can only pass malaria and the other, right, okay. the other uh, sex can't. So the, only one of them can pass malaria on now. In Africa, I know in a lot of the coastal uh, countries, whether it's Rwanda, uh, like Botswana, uh, Ethiopia, um, obviously the mosquitoes are really bad. Malaria is a huge problem for their population and especially for the children. Now, they developed a gene that they could introduce into the population of mosquitoes that then would stop passing malaria on. Okay, now. This seems like a great thing, everyone. I mean, who would not want to stop all those poor children in need videos of all the kids with malaria and stuff? I mean, that's a terrible sight. However, one thing that they found out, obviously, the people creating this gene to put into the population, is it would stop the mosquitoes from breeding completely and effectively would kill all the mosquitoes because they would no longer be able to reproduce with the females. Right, okay. Now, and that would f- and throw the whole ecosystem out of balance. Now, there was a huge group of scientists from lots of countries, I know in Africa, um, quite a few, I mean, obviously every country in Africa, but wherever it was centralised, I think it was mainly on, on the central and the east, and they got a lot of, obviously, the top scientists together who were really behind it. They were like, this is this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where we, you could save... Uh, lots of the population and think of all the aid we send over there. I mean, that sounds like a good idea, but they had to proper get the whole country involved right down to grassroots level, which is, of course, like tribesman level. They got the local tribe leaders and the clan leaders to come in. And they put it down to like a vote and they voted against it. And it was all the tribe leaders, the ones who their young kids, they were the ones that were dying from malaria. So they were the ones who were being mostly affected by And they it. still voted against, against it. it. Because they knew taking God, the creator, into the scientists' hands and decimating the mosquitoes is the two, you know, it's the two sacrileges. Like one, you're taking God's work and you're destroying yeah. it. And also the mosquitoes were a fundamental part of the ecosystem yeah. as well. Yeah, so, everything's in balance in nature. You don't want to start going in and meddling. Um, you know, and, and also, who are you to play God yeah, as well? It's very unfortunate that the mosquitoes pass malaria onto people. And if you are in a country where it is very poor, like Rwanda, you can't afford mosquito nets, you can't afford the malaria tablets to protect you from malaria, even though they make you pretty sick and you do not take those guys if you go travelling. 
<laughs> yeah, but you don't. But you don't want to go. Well, the answer is kill all the mosquitoes. Although, admittedly, that's what we tried to do when we were out in Greece. And no matter how many you obliterate in your room, they still find a way in. So that does not work. They, they keep coming back, them little bastards. Yeah, yeah, they'd never be able to kill them all. So, so I understood from that perspective that the world is, is never going to be a perfect place. But there is a balance that we have to adhere to. Mm. Even if we don't always like that balance. And you will feel it's almost like you will feel the wrath of god if you do start meddling with the divine yeah and that's the thing these transhumanists and a lot of the people at the very top of our society at the moment they are proud transhumanists like they don't believe in the divine Mm. nothing is sacred to them so they will go in and start making synthetic meat and changing the genes of this and pumping the population with mrna and all this stuff because they think that they are gods and this is their playground and they either believe God doesn't exist or they believe they are gods themselves. And these lunatics are running the show. Really, we shouldn't we shouldn't have had all these institutions in place that give rise to these types of characters. Because a corporation, if you look at it, is psychopathic. If it was a person oh. and you were sort of <laughs> looking yeah. at it like as in the characteristics and the ideology and all the rest of it, you would say that, that you know, profit above everything. Well, You'd be like, oh, you're a psychopath. I can only imagine Tesco's would be something like like a godfather-like figure <laughs> where they just sit in back and they're like, how much money he making over in his shop? Oh, he making that much money. Well, we'd take a bit more from him now. <laughs> you know how it is. I always get more. It does. The big mafia boss. The, they're the big mafia boss. And that's what corporations are now. They're big mafia bosses. And, and, and they can easily just take down other smaller families because they've got such far reach, so many yeah. strong members. It, well, it, like, like we said, said earlier, we're not up against capitalism. We're up against cartelism. Mm. We don't have true democracy. We have something else masquerading as that. It's like so many of the things that we have in place, if they were only what they really said they were... Would it be the media? (laughs) Yeah, the media reporting to you (laughs) truth and unbiased information. Mm, No, it's not that at all. Everything is inverted. So in a sense, it's like if we want to look at how the world should be, kind of just need to invert most things because we live in like an upside down world it's not just things aren't quite where they should be it's like george orwell 1984 ignorance is strength Mm -hmm. and everything is completely flipped yeah pieces or alice in wonderland all these things have been trying to tell us this and i think that that's what we need to realize a lot of these things are set up to work or not work on purpose it's not it's not through ignorance well it's like the war is peace or the even war for an example dude how much War is so much unnecessary in the world. Yeah. Conf, conf, the conflict that we see day to day regularly in newspapers or news channels, and yet you'd think after centuries of people butchering each other, you'd think, why are we still at each other's throats? But, Whether it be political, religious, why are they still going on and why are they still perpetuated? Well, you ask your average person, they don't want war or they don't want to send their kids to war. You know, people just want to be able to get on with their own lives and live in peace. Like, your average person on the street's not like, yeah, I love war, like, bring it on. So people have to be manipulated into... Into supporting it. Supporting really. it. But it's always through this, you know, 
the government, the media, having to brainwash people into getting on board because it's not okay if you going back hundreds of years, like there was actually, you know, like people, Vikings coming over on longboats, whatever, and they're invading your country. That's that's a different story. But if if you're looking at recent, like modern history, like most of the wars that we get into, people didn't want it. Look at all the people that were at the anti-Iraq marches. I was one of them. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. But he just went ahead anyway. And that happens so often. I mean, we were talking earlier about the the student marches where they were going to rise the fees of everything through the roof. So students were coming out of uni 40, 50 grand in debt. I'd been to uni already, but I still went to that protest because I was like, this is so wrong. Mm. You're basically saying that education is for the rich only or you're going to be in debt for the rest of your life. Like This is just not right. But that just went ahead anyway. Yeah, and what, what does that, what sort of thing does that teach young people? You know what I mean? Like, you're in a position here, a very strong position to say, we could allow a large section of our population to become very well educated. Yeah, the and, best and, and brightest. Right, best and brightest. Pursue yeah. their wildest dreams and actually really achieve. And then overnight, we're just going to take that away. Well, your choices are then, you either end up in crippling debt or... You're rich anyway, but if you're poor, it's probably just not for you. But it's sort of like, as a government, it's like, how does, or as a country, how does that help you? How does that benefit you you as a country? country. Yeah, Yeah, because you want your best and brightest to rise to the top. Really, it should be such a simple system of, if you study hard and you get the grades, you get in. You can't buy your way in, and it's free, but it's only free to the best and brightest. But that's fair, because that means if you study hard, you will get on. If you don't, you don't. That's completely fair. And you would, you would just see the whole country just transform. But my, my, my earlier point about these massive protests happening and, well, the war in Iraq happened anyway, not to mention all the other wars in the Middle East that well, no one w- wanted. The, the thing with the student fees happened anyway. Then they sort of wonder why there's a whole generation that are like, what's the point? I don't even vote. I, they, they feel like they have no voice because time and time again, they've just, they've just been ignored like the financial crisis that happened in was it 2009. Mm. No one was found responsible, nothing really happened. Even the whole COVID, it's like, we still don't have the answers to that. It's like, nothing is ever resolved. No one ever gets their payback. Nothing's ever put right. Our, vo- our voices are just not listened to. It's just creating a lot of people that are either nihilistic or they're just so apathetic about everything. They, they just like lost all hope to even care or, about it, you know. Or even worse, they, they become like the pawns because if we just, I mean, we're not going to go on a war forever, but if you just take the Ukraine conflict, m- m- hundreds of thousands of people are turning up into London waving Ukraine flags. Why not wave a no war flag? Yeah, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, all right, I'm not saying you should or should not stand with Ukraine. Quite honestly, I don't give a shit. But what I do care about is there are still men over there with guns killing each other. That's what I care about. Yeah. I care about this, this. And it's not it's not Putin and it's not the guy at the top of the country or even their generals or even their generals' families that are going to get affected when those young men die when they take a mortar to the face or something. You know what I mean? It's waged by the, the big guys at the top and it's all the young men or the, the, they get the ones Just that... needlessly die. die. Or they come out with PTSD and they're going to be messed up for life anyway. My point is, you know, we do things that we think of good nature. Like, oh, I'll go down to... I don't believe what the Russians are doing, so I'm going to go down and wave the Ukraine flag. Well, I, I think rather just 
wave and no war flag. Yeah, all the efforts should have just been put into de-escalating that situation. The UN or NATO should have just backed off or there should have been peace talks, but it wasn't that. It was was just like warmongering. Yeah, let's just go straight. And I'm not not saying that, oh, but the Russians are easy to negotiate with. I'm sure they're not. You know, we don't take no shit from anyone. I think the whole thing's a proxy war anyway. It is. Just funnel money, drag us into something much larger. I, I don't know the ins and outs of what is going on there. I don't think anyone does unless, well, we unless know they're about, actually there. Well, we know about the whole grain thing, don't we? All the grain that they produce and we, that comes over. I mean, who's to say it's not just a one way of ruining... Cutting supply, supply lines. Or, or, you know, affecting food prices because we use grain for so much stuff. And all the money that we're sending over there. So we're sending, like, literally billions of pounds to the Ukraine. It's just more money that's coming out of our economy, and making it, things even worse for the, the West. The saddest thing, it's a shame because all that money is not going to planting wheat fields in Ukraine or anything. It's like... Going up Zelensky's <laughs> nose. Yeah, yeah, and also like that massive M60 machine gun he carries around. He's got like an extra box of ammo now. Like, I've got more ammo than anyone needs. Yeah, I don't think anyone of sane mind wants war. And you've only got to look at the spending of nuclear arms. Well, it's the, the s- trillions and trillions that go into these budgets... You know, what the hell are we doing as a human yeah, race? It causes the most suffering, the displacement of people. I mean, come on, it's one thing that we should always think about trying to eliminate. Yeah. And to go back to someone that we quoted a few times in this episode, there's a great quote from Bill Hicks that I kind of want to end the episode on today. He said, here's what we can do to change the world right now. Take all that money we spend on weapons and defences each year and instead spend it on feeding and clothing and educating the poor of the world, which it would pay for many times over, not one human being excluded, and we could explore space together, both inner and outer, forever in peace. You may say he's a dreamer. He's not the only one. He also had a brilliant quote, actually, about people like Lenin who he said, isn't it funny how we kill off all the good guys and let the demons run amok? And that's another quote that I always remember from him because it really just sums things up. We have, as again Lenin said, let the lunatics, let the maniacs take the reins of our world, which is why it's in such a sorry state. The major thing that we need to do is get it out of their hands. And maybe the best way to do that, as we've said many times in this episode is just to ignore them and do our own thing well you know maybe it's about time we saddle up and take the reins back oh shit fighting talk i hope you enjoyed that episode of the schism we've got plenty more episodes on the way in the meantime follow us on our instagram at schism.tv Keep watching the skies.